Hey, everybody, and welcome in to a new episode of the Iowa Tigers podcast here at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm Ben Fredrickson, joined, as always, by our Mizzou beat writer, Dave Matter. I'm down here in Florida still. Dave's in, in Como, and uh, the Tigers basketball season, Dave, is over. We're going to dig into a lot of this here. we got kind of a, a quick version of the podcast, but we did want to kind of put a bow on the Mizzou basketball season. We'll dig into that Oklahoma loss in the NCAA tournament. Of course, the news that Xavier Pinson is transferring, and kind of look at this offseason ahead for Conzo Martin. First of all, Dave, just your your takeaway from the Oklahoma loss. Um, let's start there because it probably led to some of this stuff we're seeing with with Pinson to some degree. Um, an interesting game in, in a, the, the sixth game of Missouri's last six that were decided by seven points or less one way or the other. The Tigers finish at 16 and 10, could not find a way to get it done against Oklahoma as the days have passed since then. What, what, do you, what stands out to you about that loss? Oh, you know, I, I thought it two very evenly matched teams. They're probably seated about the right area on the bracket. Um, you know, they both had – it was kind of a game of runs, which is not uncommon. Missouri came out, played pretty well at the beginning. Then Oklahoma made a run. They both had 12-2 runs in the second half. And it just seemed like Oklahoma had the last run. Well, actually, Missouri kind of did because they, they, they got down. And then they – Drew Smith went nuts, hitting threes. And, uh, it you know, Oklahoma just made more plays at the end to squeak that one out. I, I really think if it would have gone two more minutes, I don't necessarily know that Oklahoma would have won because they had a, a crucial turnover. Missouri got it back with less than 30 seconds left. They just couldn't get the ball to Drew Smith for a three. They were down three, so they needed a three. They just looked like they, they really could have used a timeout and they didn't have any left because they called three already in the half. I know fans get on Conzo for not calling enough timeouts, but this was the one time where he probably shouldn't have. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in the final minute, but they just called one with two minutes left. Uh, they just were in scramble mode and couldn't get the ball to, to, uh, to Smith. Bugs was a little hesitant. And of course he was in the game because Xavier Pinson wasn't just didn't go well for the Tigers down the stretch. And, you know, they weren't going to beat Gonzaga anyway, but you would have liked to see him get a shot. It would have been extend that season two more days and just see what, see what they had in them against the best team in the country. It was a game in which we're going to talk a lot about Pinson. He was effectively benched in the uh, in in the second half, the news comes out later that he's going to transfer. The timing of that, you know, we don't know yet if if that was if Mizzou had a feeling Pinson was out before that game started. Maybe we'll fill in some of those details as this goes along. But the the actual decision that I thought deserves the most question is not Pinson related at all. He wasn't playing well in this game. Um, he wasn't defending anybody. And Bugs actually, while he's not a scorer, came up with a pretty big battle for possession of a loose ball that led to Mizzou's last possession. If people have kind of forgotten that, I, I thought Conzo sat Jeremiah Tillman too long with yeah. that last with that fourth foul. And I get it. You don't want him to foul out, but your season's on the line there. I, I thought maybe you'd look at him and say, Hey man, it's four play smart, but we're going to, we're going to roll with you because there was clearly a difference when they sent him back in the game. That's when Missouri made its final push. It was just a little bit too late. I wonder hindsight being 2020 if if Conzo would have put him back in sooner or just left him in right. after he got that fourth foul and just said hey you got to play smart yeah for sure and I, I think that and I thought Jeremiah played really well in that game I mean he, he did yes at the rim but he was he was doing everything he can to, to rebound inside I, I thought he was playing really tough and aggressive and leaving it all out there so yeah I think that's probably the one that didn't come up in the post game it, you know, these post game things especially last game of the year head coach is kind of frazzled and, and the questions aren't great. The, the setup was different for asking questions than what we have at a, at a normal 
regular season game. But that being said, Pinson was kind of the story there because I, he had five assists and one turnover in the first half. I'm not really sure how, because I didn't think he was necessarily playing great. He did push the ball early a little bit. He threw two lobs to Tillman back to back, but one of them Tillman couldn't finish. The second one was just a horrendous pass. He tried another one like behind his head that got deflected. I don't think it went down as a turnover because it bounced to a teammate or, or something, but just he, he got really reckless out there. And then he, he wasn't playing defense. I mean, he was checked out. He was letting the guards just blow by him. And I, I think that was the final blow on him at the end. They needed stops at the end of the game. They weren't getting any. And, um, you know, then he went up and sat down and put his, put his, uh, you know, his warm up on and put his mask on. I know that I guess they're supposed to wear their mask, but nobody on Oklahoma's bench was wearing their mask at that point. So I, I just, I didn't like the body language there. I, I'm, if I'm Conzo Martin, I really didn't like the body language. And it kind of went back to what Pinson was doing late in the year when just seemed checked out. And, uh, you know, we can jump to conclusions and say he's, he left the team because he got benched at the end of the game. But I think a lot of us saw this coming a long time ago. I mean, I'm frankly surprised he came back for his junior year, much less, you know, surprised now. So this was, I, I think, always out there and a possibility. I want to dig in more on Pinson, but first, what do we, what do we, what's the grade on this season? It, it was a strange year. Um, yeah. You know, Missouri was not, no one thought Missouri was going to be any good. Uh, I reminded, I remember writing a column before the season started saying this team might actually be all right. It's got a lot of experience, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of depth in terms of guys who played and been there and that those attributes might be good in a COVID challenged year. And, and everyone laughed and said, you know, that's nuts. This team's no good pick to finish 10th in the, in the conference. Well, then they, they won some huge games in their non-conference. They beat Illinois. They, they grabbed that top 10 ranking. Um, and, and all of a sudden everyone's expecting a championship run, which probably was unrealistic on the other end of things. They level out and, and they, they, they make the, the tournament, but, they did, they did fade big time down the stretch and had some things happen that contributed to that, including uh, Jeremiah Tillman's absence from the team. Right. And then probably more so this kind of um, this untethering of, of Xavier Pinson. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's a, anytime that Missouri gets to a tournament, it's not a, it's not a lost season. I guess right. maybe that bar is too low, but high expectations are fine, but we're talking about a program that has never been to a final four and also one that, that, within the past few years has been one that couldn't have dreamed of getting to a tournament. And they're still kind of working their way out of that to some degree. I think it's a, a season in which they, they are going to see it as one that would have looked a lot different if they finished stronger, but also one that they did some good things in. And uh, if they keep building on that, then, then they could be all right. And we'll get to this later, but the idea of what we know, what the team looks like for next season. No, we don't <laughs> because right. There's a mass exodus going on in college basketball of players changing teams and transferring. Xavier Pinson is one of them, but you have some numbers on the transfer portal. There's going to be a real chance for Conzo to remake the look of this team. First of all, what do you make of this season? What do you, how do you put it into a box? And then we're going to move on to some, some, what, what comes next. It's, it's hard because do you evaluate it based on what the preseason expectations were, the, the, the expectations externally, or do you base it on, well, they went 13 and three to start the year and got into the top 10. And then they, then they really faded down the stretch. So you do base it on what the changed evolved expectations were in January and early February. So it definitely was a disappointing finish. Uh, I don't, I don't think I would call it a disappointing season because I, I still think they, um, they eclipsed or at least matched the m most, um, 
uh, hopeful expectations that were out there. You know, I picked them, I think, seventh in the SEC preseason poll, and that's where they finished. Uh, they have really impressive wins. You can't take those away, but most of those were, you know, in the first half of the season. I wonder if if they would have finished with the same record, but let's say they started three and seven and then ended, what, 10, 13 and three in the regular season, at least, uh, would we have a different perception? If they just, if they were just a complete afterthought by January, but then out of nowhere, they wrote, they, they, they climbed the standings and they finished really strong and went from like 13th to seventh in the SEC. Would we have a different perspective right now, even if the final product is the same? I don't know. I just think that I, I do think their, their experience um, their continuity was an advantage at the beginning of the season. And then once as other teams, this is more anecdotal than real analysis, but once other teams played together more late in the year, even some bad teams, that advantage Missouri hand was kind of nullified. And it just wasn't as much of a strength that maybe as it was when they played Oregon, when they played Illinois, when Illinois freshmen weren't great yet or playing together really well yet. And then they, by the end of the year, they were just kind of a, uh, above average team that was capable of losing to anybody. Yeah, we, we wondered if they could kind of get back to that team we saw early in the season yeah. um, for the most important part. And, and and they didn't play terribly, but they did not harness that, uh, that, that, that great look that we had, we had seen from them when they, like, you know, when they beat Illinois, when they, when they really uh, were playing their, their best basketball, they, they didn't finish the way they wanted. And, and certainly I think, you know, not all of this goes back to, to Xavier Pinson at all, but, but that does, you know, that does have to be discussed here. Missouri was at its best when its best players were playing their best and playing together. Yeah, when they had yeah. Tillman playing well and Mark Smith hitting threes and Drew Smith scoring and, and Xavier Pinson playing downhill, um, looking to make teammates better. That was when they were a team that you said, this team can play with anybody. And they had a lot of those elements in this game against Oklahoma. Um, you know, they, all those guys played well, except, except for Pinson. What do you think happened here? Why do you think he is now looking for another school? Um, you have some of the offers that he's received. Um, none of them are teams that are clearly, you know, that, that are clearly better than, than Missouri. Um, clearly there was some, some frustration between, between coach and player there. Conzo is notoriously hard on his guards. He expects a lot out of them. Right, um, right. You know, and, and I, I think that's pretty much known when, when guys sign up for him to play for him. And we've actually heard Pinson in the past that say that he thinks that has made him a better player. You know, yeah. He has thanked the coaching staff at times for, 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 for the tough love that he's received. At some point, he was done receiving it. Now he's going to look for a new team. What do you think happens here? Where do you think he goes? Well, he, he has said that his offers, and he's updating these on Instagram uh, daily, like a high school recruit would, um, seems to be enjoying that part of it. But he's got offers or at least interest from Auburn, uh, which was under a postseason ban this year. And who knows, more could be coming there. Um, Nebraska, maybe the worst power five team in the country right now. I don't, did they win a game in the big 10? Maybe a couple. And then Georgia, um, a team that beat Missouri this year, but also lost to them in the conference tournament. And just, you know, it, they have a really good point guard and severe Wheeler. I don't see Pinson playing ahead of him, play alongside him maybe. Um, so that's where he stands right now. He did an interview with the Auburn rival site. He hasn't talked to anybody that covers Mizzou, which isn't, isn't shocking. Usually guys on the way out don't want to talk to the media that covered them because they have to, you know, they'll be asked why, and they don't like answering why necessarily. Um, so not, not surprised there. Uh, for the record, I did call him this week and, and call the number that I have for him. And somebody 
sort of answered and then hung up. And uh, that's, that's all we've heard back from Xavier. So, uh, you know, he's a, at his best, he's, he's really athletic. He's a guy that can be very flashy. He can score in bunches. He is not a pass first point guard. Uh, he, for his career at Missouri, well, he just had a couple more assistant turnovers this year. He only, they were equal. He had one more assistant turnover. He's a high volume shooter. That's not a great shooter. I mean, he led Missouri in shots, led them in three point shots, took a lot more threes this year than last year. Uh, his percentage was up, but it still was not very good. I think 33%. That's, that's not considered good for three point shooters, especially a high volume guy. He didn't get to the rim as much this year as he did last year. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not saying his game regressed in any way, but I don't think he played to his strengths. And that was that was the source of the frustration, at least on the floor with Conzo Martin. You know, he's a guy that is at his best when he's getting into the lane and getting to the free throw line. He had a ton of games this year. He didn't even take a foul shot. He seemed more um, more comfortable or more just happier standing out and chucking threes. And that's not his game. Missouri was not good when he did that. Um, so it's a loss for sure, because they don't have, you know, proven uh, players, proven assets at, uh, in the backcourt like an Xavier Pinson. But, you know, sometimes I, I think he was a headache for sure. And we'll see how they move on without him. But I, I've had some people on Twitter say, well, if he goes to play for Auburn, he can unlock his potential. Well, what more is there to unlock? He's a guy that's played 2000 college minutes. He was Missouri. He took more shots than anybody on the team. He played the third most minutes. Yeah, he got yanked sometimes. And he made bad decisions, but that's because he made bad decisions and he was kind of a reckless ball handler at times. So I, I don't know. I don't know if a coach can tap in and get more out of him unless he makes uh, severe improvements shooting the ball and really does more to attack the rim and play to his strengths, which he seemed reluctant to do in many games this year. Yeah, I'm I'm confused by by the the argument that he didn't get enough opportunity at Mizzou or that he wasn't getting a chance. Maybe, I mean, there was a, a sign of that in the last game where he was benched effectively because right. he wasn't playing well, but this guy started, he was one of three Tigers who started every game this season. He was third on the team in minutes. He played more than 650 minutes. He did. He was never once told to, you know, to stop shooting. Um, he led the team in, in field goal attempts with, 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 with 290 despite shooting only 38, um, 39% from the field. Um, if you want to compare that to Mark, to, to Drew Smith, who played a lot more minutes, um, Drew Smith shot 44% from the field. And it wasn't that Xavier was, was drilling three pointers. He shot 34% from three, Drew Smith shot almost 40, um, you know, and, and, and also, you know, didn't make a ton of free throws. He was a good free throw shooter, 83%, but, for a guy who, who shot 104, you'd like to see a guard make yeah. make a little higher free. And I'm not, this is not me me trashing the guy, but that's that's what the numbers are. And he also had, you know, he had one more assist, 76, and he did turnovers, um, 75. You look at his career stats, Dave, and I think this is why it's a loss. I really do. I mean, this and it's it's frustrating to me. Um, and I think of a lot of people, it's not Conzo versus Pinson. It's just wondering, the guy played three years there. Why wouldn't the best fit for both parties be for him to come back and play his fourth? Right. Um, he started every game this year. He played a career high. He played a career high in minutes. He had never, in terms of minutes per game, he he averaged his his, his point average thirteen and a half points per game was a career was a career high. He was making he was making some strides, and uh, it just seems like it just seems like both player and 
team are going to be, you know, kind of robbed of what would have been the, what would have probably been the most productive season for a senior in the program. And instead he's going to go to restart with uh, another program and Missouri's going to try to look to fill that production. So that's going to be happening all over the country though. And, yeah. and, you know, you had the numbers, I said something, I was talking with Stu Durando earlier today and I said something like, man, there's more than a hundred players in the transfer portal. Well, apparently I haven't checked <laughs> in a couple of days. It's more than a thousand. They've got more than almost a thousand. There, there's players leaving programs all over the country. Guys are going to be coming back who are seniors at some places because they have that extra year of eligibility, which is going to force more transfers as guys who thought they were getting minutes. Don't. I mean, this is going to be a crazy season for offseason for college basketball. A lot of teams can look a lot of different, a lot different by the time this this time next year rolls around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, I, I, there's a there's a couple of sites that track the transfer portal. I mean, the transfer portal itself is not commonly available. Um, there are some reporters that apparently have the password because as soon as your name's in there, it gets tweeted. But I, the last I saw this morning, it was around 800 names. And their expectation is it will be well over 1,000 pretty soon, especially after the tournament ends. And there's some, there's some really good players. There's some all-conference players there in the mid-majors, guys that are going to want to transfer up. There's some four and five star guys from the from the high majors that maybe don't play a lot that or just want to change the scenery. Uh, there's a lot of really good options for Missouri. One of them is a, a local guy, Brandon McKissick, uh, St. Louis U high grad. Uh, so I naturally like him a lot. I know he'll be very intelligent Homer alert. and a model citizen wherever he goes. <laughs> um, but he plays at UMKC, I guess, which is now just called Kansas City. And he's a guy that can score in double digits, good three-point shooter. I think he was defensive player of the year in their conference. So uh, he, he's already had interest from, from Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, uh, SLU. I think he's Jordan Goodwin's cousin. So there's a connection there, an obvious connection. Although I'm not sure Jordan's actually going to play next year. So maybe that's – there's not a – Oh, he's gone. There. Yeah, yeah, so um, he's an obvious candidate. Uh, Amari Davis is a, a, a sophomore guard from Green Bay. Uh, he was recruited by Link Darner, former coach at Green Bay, not the coach there anymore, but Link Darner was a, a teammate and, and friend of Conzo's at, at Purdue. So the obvious connection there. I mean, there's a, there's just a ton of names. There's a couple of guards at Pittsburgh that are both in the portal that I think would be attractive to Missouri. Georgetown, a big man there who scored an average double figures, uh, just entered the portal this morning. Indiana's got a bunch of guys. They don't even have a head coach yet. They've got three guys, I think, in the portal. Boston College has a couple. There's a lot of guys, and um, there's a lot of guys that maybe the average fan isn't familiar with, much like a Cassius Robertson, a high-scoring guard from a low major or mid-major um, that's looking to transfer up. So Missouri's got at least two scholarship uh, spots open with Pinson. They had a, they had an open one this season, and then Pinson's departure gives them another one. Uh, so they'll be really busy there, uh, and I, I think they'll be able to add uh, – ideally, you want a point guard and then a shooter for sure – uh, and then if you can get a big man, those are those are a little harder to find, but you're going to need somebody to play inside. Uh, I think that would be the wish list for sure. So we'll, we'll see what they do. This is going to be a really busy, pivotal offseason for um, kind of restoring this roster. Yeah, as of right now, and we'll end on this, Dave. You mentioned the transfer hunt that's on. You've got a chat to get to, so I'll let you roll. But um, 
right now, it sounds like the guys who are seniors on Mizzou's team are going to be gone. They're not going to be taking advantage of that opportunity to come back for an extra season due to the pandemic. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the expectation. Unless something changes, I, I don't expect Missouri doesn't expect any kind of formal announcement. Those guys are just going to move on. And and I've just on a couple other like national podcasts, national basketball writers, and they've made this point too. There's not much expectation that many seniors anywhere are going to come back. I mean, it's different than football. This is the super seniors. That's what that's what the, the buzzword is for these guys who are going to come back for another year. Missouri football has a whole bunch, more than 10, I think. But there's only one professional football league um, to move up to after college, and that's the NFL. Basketball, there's countless opportunities to play professionally. And um, and also football guys that a lot of them got robbed of a good chunk of their season. I mean, Big Ten players only play well, how many so few conference games basketball got. They didn't get a full season because you missed a few non-conference games here and there. But for the most part, those guys got that year. And so I think you're, you're not going to see many guys come back that were seniors unless they get in the portal. Now, there are some transfer portal guys who are the super seniors who uh, Missouri made shot. But I, I would not expect to see. Uh, the Smiths, Tillman, or um, Drew Bugs back on Missouri's roster this year, unless something changes between now and whenever that roster comes together. going to be a crazy offseason. Conzo's got some some work to do, and we'll see where Xavier Pinson lands. So we'll see if he makes Missouri regret not working it out with him or if it's vice versa. Only time will tell. We'll have all of the uh, roster building covered at stltoday.com and in the pages the post-dispatch. Check out Dave's chats online at stlc.com as well and we'll keep the podcast rolling probably do a lot more football talk moving uh moving forward here because the tigers prepare for their second season under eli drinkwitz have a good week everybody for dave i'm ben and we will remind you you can find all of our podcasts stltoday.com slash podcast even easier go to itunes punch in on the tigers podcast you can find us there we'll talk to you guys soon